forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast. Scary, scary stories, stories to, to tell, tell on the pod. pod. It typically is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, and spooky things you tell us about. But in Fridays thus far this summer, we have been revisiting the extensive and tremendous filmography of legendary filmmaker Stephen Summers in a little series we like to call Summer, Summer of Summers. Summers. Or... or Steven Summer Summer. Is everyone confused? Good. Please continue to not vote on which one we should call it. This is the last installment, so there's still 80 years left. Yes, Anna, I can't believe we've done it. I it's a it's a crying shame. A genuine textbook crying shame that there are not more. I guess I guess without further ado, we should just say that this film is the 2014 classic. Odd Thomas. Odd Thomas. Andrew, I gotta be honest with you. I was not looking forward to watching this. I feel I feel the same way because it's not the mummy, and I want it to be right. But I'm so glad that I did. I really enjoyed this movie. I'll I give did it away too. right here. Okay, good. We I we haven't too. we haven't fully spoken yet about no, it. No, no, we watched this separately. I, I I'm I am electrified by the fact that we both enjoyed it. I found it like a very. This is a great Saturday afternoon film. This is a great Saturday afternoon film. This is a great Tuesday evening film. This is mm-hmm. a great Friday evening film, if it's Friday uh, wow. when you're listening to it. Um, it's a good sit down and watch it with your with your person or with a group or by yourself. This is a good, if you like to, um, don't plug it into the adapter so you don't uh, get electrocuted, but if you like to bring a <laughs> laptop and take a bath, this is wow. a good laptop bath movie, I yeah, would, keep, I would keep say. Keep it on a stool unplugged. Keep it on a stool unplugged, as yeah. we say for everything. <laughs> especially laptops playing Odd Thomas. <laughs> An open face sandwich. Keep it on a stool unplugged. Don't plug in <laughs> Don't plug my open faced sandwich. There's no reason to do that. It doesn't need power. It's just a sandwich. And Anna, okay. So um, Cliff's notes of this movie, uh, this is based on a Dean Koontz novel. Um, Everyone keep your bras on. Don't throw them all at once. This is you're not graduating from bra university. You no. cannot be throwing your bras up in the air. Put the tassel on the other titty. Um so Dean Coots Dean Coots, I just said Dean Coots and Dean Coots is a different man. He yes. is not literate. No, and Dean yeah, like coot is a word for like a wily old man. When that becomes plural, it becomes the most hateful sounding word I've ever heard in my life. Coots. Coots. It's really it's wild. Um but Dean Coots I just did it again. Andrew, look, here's the thing. You're only ever going to be able to call him Dean Coots. And I yeah. think that we both, the sooner we accept that, the better our both of our lives will be. Wow. I am a wash and grib at the moment. He's a um, big grib vibes. This is big grib vibes. So this author, Dean, uh, we know of him. <laughs> this author, Dean. <laughs> this author, Dean. Um, we know of him from his many like paperback books Normally appealing to like teens, um, kind of like teen thrillers. It's so uh, funny. I thought he was like a Dan Patterson kind of guy. I didn't know that he was a a oh, teen that's author. Interesting. And now I'm looking it up, and I think actually, Anna, you're right. Like I think he is more of a 
But I feel like it's Dean thrillers, Koontz, horror, fantasy, suspense, science fiction, mystery, and satire. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's that I'm lo- okay. So I'm looking at wow, film adaptations. Wow. Why oh my did I god, get stuff for teens. The first thing that you get on Google, you know, like the auto-populated questions. The yeah. first auto-populated question when you search Dean Koontz is, "Is Dean Koontz Stephen King?" <laughs> Would you like to know the answer? I think it's no. The answer is no. They're not the same person. <laughs> um, but this is wild because in my writer's room, someone was just talking about the movie Demon Seed, which is the first film adaptation of one of his books. And it's starring Julie Christie. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I think it's about How? an evil baby. Sure. Well, I saw a review that said that Odd Tabas was by far the best Dean Koontz book adaptation. Yeah. How about that? Very interesting. It makes sense. And he's on Twitter. Would He's you like to know what Twitter. his handle is? Um, I, please tell me. It's at Dean Koontz. He got it. He got he it on got the ground it. floor. I don't imagine, know if he had to pay for it, but he got it. Imagine being a monster and stealing Dean at Dean Koontz from right out under him. Uh, sorry, I didn't actually hear what you said because I'm on Dean Koontz's Twitter. I'm no Anna. Listen, I think you're you're oh, correct. I almost you were just correct to it. prioritize Dean Koontz's Twitter. Um, um, he tweeted about an odd Q. The New York Times called Odd Thomas your most likable creation. Agree? A. I think my most likable creation is me. I'm very cuddly. Wow. Dean Coots, please. I said it now. <laughs> Would you I like to know? It. It's too much. Would you like to know his Twitter um, bio? Guys, Please. we'll get to the podcast in a second. Just let us say what Dean Koontz's <laughs> Twitter bio is. It's, I live in Southern California with my wife, Gerda, our golden retriever, Elsa, and the enduring spirits of our goldens, Trixie and Anna. Okay. I didn't even know my name would be in it, but I just love, I live in Southern California with my wife, Gerda. The, Anna, the goldens being a part news. of it. I, what's the point of being a successful author if you can't have multiple goldens? And calling them Goldens. Look, and Dean Koontz is looking good, okay? It's fine. We got it. We got it all. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. So this is a film, um, and this comes from our favorite book, Wikipedia. Odd Thomas is a psychic who lives in a small town in California. He describes his ability as, I see dead people, but then, by God, I do something about it. Yes, he does say that in the movie. It felt very human-sized, which maybe I also really liked. Maybe that's the reason I liked it. Yeah, it, it felt, so do we describe the plot at all? Um, just that that uh, Odd Thomas, that is his name, is um, he wor- he's a cook in a diner, but he works for the police in solving crimes because he can see ghosts. And the ghosts tell him how they died. But they can't talk. They can't talk. They just touch and look and act. Yes. There's a lot of acting. A whole lot of acting on the ghost's part. Um, and sometimes the ghosts are kind of low-key and quiet, and sometimes they're very loud and very scary. 
Yes. Um, and sometimes they're, spoiler alert, Schuler Hemsley. How do you Anna? Say that? Yes, that's it. From, I mean, two ghosts, two nods to previous Stephen Summers films. One of them is Schuler Hemsley. One is our friend Arnold Vosloo. Wait, I was looking the whole movie. I saw him on IMDb and was like eagle-eyed and he's couldn't the, find him. He's the ghost with, remember there's the one scene where he like goes to the mall and he sees a ghost with an arm ripped off. And he's like, that was <gasps> that my was old him? teacher. That was Arnold Vosloo, Anna. Oh my God. I had no idea. It's so funny because he didn't talk. But in my mind, he was American. <laughs> yeah, he had he had one line. He had one single line, and he was singing as he was um, in a car accident, which is what killed him. And oh. I believe I believe the words he sang in what I think to be a clearly South African accent were "such a beautiful girl," and then he got killed by a semi truck. Oh my god! And his arm was ripped off, and he was using it to pick his nose and pretend jerk off a little bit. Yes, yes. Which is great. So fun to see Arnold Vosloo enjoy with, himself, and also with his left arm severed at the bicep, which is a reference <gasps> to the Mummy. The Mummy, right? Wow. Yep. There's and a lot I, of mummy references in this movie. There's a lot of mummy references in this movie. Um, the the thing that I felt was a departure from the mummy and a lot of the other something we talk about with Stephen Summers is progressively more CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time where CGI was still advancing, and we didn't quite know when it was worth it to still do things practically. Right. Um, but this movie did not have a ton of or uh, some of the like the Ebert review and some other ones said that it was too much VFX. But I think because of budget and just like what you said, it's a human-sized story. There wasn't a ton of um, VFX. Like there were, yeah, there were these evil sort of demon spirits called what are they? Baldax? Bal- yeah, Baldox. Yeah, what something like. Um, hold on, I'm looking it up now. They are called Bodax. Bodax. Um, yeah, which are I thought they looked good. I did too. I really had no problem with the special effects in this movie. And and I think maybe it's a sign of how dramatically the Marvel Cinematic Universe has impacted people's view on CGI because I'm like, this is not a lot of CGI. <laughs> right, right. That's true. I know. Yeah, it's mostly – so it's him and then um, his girlfriend. And he yeah. – what I thought was cool and a little bit – not to jump ahead, but a little bit of a queer narrative that I thought was nice is that – all of the important people in his life knew that he could see ghosts. Yes. Yes. Um, and they all like, believed him. They all believed him and they valued it and they made room for it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the other characters in the movie. He's got yes. a girlfriend uh, named, what's her name? He's got a girlfriend named Bronwyn, whose nickname Bronwyn. is Stormy. She goes by Stormy. Um, yeah. And they are just great together they have a great relationship amazing chemistry yeah and like i thought it was really interesting you don't see a ton of movies where it's just about two people dating yeah um and that that's not the main issue like they're good and they're facing but they're not married and there's no kids involved it's just about two people who are solidly together Mm. um and they both just help each other, which is nice. Yeah, it's definitely that, more his movie than hers, but she had plenty to do. She really does in a way that like, there's some kind of nods to um, her being like his girl Friday. Like she's sort yes, of like yes. initially sort of just like a helpful girlfriend. Um, but they really do give her a lot. She has an opinion. She stands up for herself and he respects her, which is huge. 
I think a good way to tell if a female character is good is to ask yourself, would I want to play that character? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think that most people would. Like, she gets to be cool. This cast is pretty stacked. Um, Willem Dafoe is Wyatt Porter, the town's police chief, who is very aware. Police chief, Andrew. Anna, I don't know what's going on. Maybe I haven't drank enough water today. You haven't drank enough water and Chris is out of town. That's true. T-minus four days? This is T minus four T days. T plus four days. Police chief. Police chief. Absolute Dean <laughs> Police chief. And um, he also knows all about Odd Thomas's powers and believes in them and lets him go to crime scenes and has and is never given any flack for that. Yeah. And he always does a lot of like, in hindsight, uh, with 2021 eyes, you look back and you're like, oh, this is just kind of copaganda. And like the cops are sort of celebrated for um, slamming a suspect's head against the car door, which we we know that he is going to he's a child killer. So we're like, fine with it. But also like it's not great. And then he's like, we'll just tell them that you saw it because you saw the evidence and we'll just plant the evidence. You're like, yeah, this feels this feels kind of weird. But then the other the, the the funny response to the propaganda in it is that two cops end up being satanic cult members. Um, yes. which, which happens too late, I want to say. Very late. We don't get the satanic cult talk until very late. The end. Yes. I mean, it's like there's a moment where he kind of reaches into a door to hell, sort of. Sort but we of. don't really know that. And then the wrinkle is that he starts seeing more of these demons called Bodaks. Yes. And the Bodaks are always sort of portents of doom. And yeah, they they feast off of they're kind of dementor adjacent. Sure. Where they, yes. They gravitate, they're invisible to almost everyone except people who can see ghosts, and they gravitate towards people who are about to be involved in like a violent, horrific death. And they feast yeah. off that anticipation, yeah. I guess. Yes, exactly. If I couldn't have put it better myself, um and <laughs> myself, that's fine. <laughs> all speak much but um (laughs) but he so he sees all these guys attached to Schuler Hemsley who looks very much like Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black he's just like a walking loose corpse and his I mean this is before he dies by the way everybody his choice like Schuler Hemsley I've seen in um Waiting for Godot strangely enough with Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen he was great he's a really amazing stage actor um, sometimes his his character choice walks in film, like for Frankenstein, works perfectly because it's Frankenstein. This is supposed to be a mortal human man, and he <laughs> walks like there is a full Carvel ice cream cake in the seat of his pants. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yes. And that, you know, in acting school, a lot of the time we'll say um, your character should have a secret. Yes. 100% of the time the secret is that you're pregnant, regardless of gender. Right. Um but his secret was I have a Carvel ice cream cake. And it's not sexual. It's just he's just gotten so used to it that he can't walk without a Carvel ice cream cake in the seat of his pants. It's load bearing. It's load. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was con- and he has like a bleached crown of his head, which I'm sure is a detail. So this is based on a book. Did we say that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Dean Coots. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that's a detail from the books, um, which they call a like a what do you call it? A bleached yarmulke. And it was yes. weird to hear a reference to a yarmulke in a Stephen Summers movie because he, to me, is just opposite Jewish. I mean, I guess we have a Jewish joke in The Mummy where yeah. Benny speaks the language of the slaves. Yes. Not great. Um, but uh, but yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and he's walking around crazy. Mm-hmm. And I thought the reveal would be that he was a zombie, but he just wasn't. He just was walking like that. Yeah, you're right. right. It was a theater walk in a film. Yes. Um, it's great, which I think is good. I support it. I can't believe that was Arnold Vosloo. I'm so tickled. Yeah. he A, and it, a full oh, comedy queen. He is a comedy queen. And everyone give him more of a chance. Where's no Arnold Vosloo? No one is talking about this. I saw in the trivia section on IMDb, which is also a book, that um, Kevin J. O'Connor was considered for the Shuler Hemsley role. And Kevin J. O'Connor is a oh. frequent Stephen Summers collaborator. I don't know what happened there. I also, my other thought was um, the wonderful Patton Oswalt has a cameo as a character yes. in Ozzy, who I also was like, it's so, I'm always delighted to see Patton in anything. But um, I was like, this feels like it was tailor-made for Kevin J. O'Connor. Where was he? Yeah, so there's like a, a real lack of regular uh, Stephen Summers collaborators in these movies. I mean, except for Arnold Vosloo and Schuller sure, Hemsley. Hemsley. But yeah, it's not with any of his regular producing partners. I think they became ill. A lot of them passed away far before their time. So I don't know if that played into it. I also know that the budget was lower for this and there were a lot of production issues, mm. which happens to a lot of projects. Um, I'm speaking as if he's listening because... I admire him so deeply. We hope I know. We love. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's uh, sort of uh, remarkable for that reason. And also, he hadn't written or directed, written and directed anything since the Mummy. I think. Yeah, and, Mummy Returns. I, I there's something an element of what is so charming about this movie to me is that it feels like it could have been an '80s movie, which I like. And I yes. think a part of that is it feels like it was all shot. In like a it, there's kind of a Gilmore Girls quality to it. It's like we're in this kind of idyllic suburban place where everything is like a little oversaturated, mm-hmm. um, and everything seems a little bit too nice. And yet there are all these ghosts and serial killers and Bodaks out there. Yeah, um, it definitely felt big Stranger Things precursor. Yes, wow, Anna. Yeah, the mall. There's a mall involved. There's demons at the mall. To the um, point that I, I almost feel like if they had set this movie in the 80s, it would have been a massive hit. Wow. Yeah. Um, and the girlfriend scoop and ice cream is that's oh, more, wow. more Stranger Things. That's thing. more Stranger Things stuff. And also the Bodaks are very Demigorgon-esque. They're leggy and they're army. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, listen, we're not here to, we're not here to throw, uh, uh, stones at glass houses, but, um, we're not, I don't, that's not how that phrase works. I think maybe there's a gas leak. In Let the he who lives near glass houses throw rocks at them. <laughs> Wait, I have a, I have a very important question. Okay. What, why wasn't the, 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 the lead gal in this movie mm-hmm. is played by Addison Timlin. Yes. Someone I've never heard of who is a fucking star. Yeah, she's great. She's she, really, really good. I, I mean, being an actor is so crazy. I think, like, being – she works consistently. I just feel like she should be so famous. Right. And she was in Californication, I believe, if if IMDb is to be believed. Um, but the funny thing is, who else is in this movie is um, playing Viola, a waitress at the restaurant that uh, Odd Thomas works at, is Gugu Mbatha Ra. She was in Loki and is now being set up as like a maybe major antagonist in uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Got it. That's good. Um, so that's really cool to see. She's also very good in this movie. Like, I will say, when you 
when you let Steven Summers um, pick a cast, he really gets chemistry between people. That's a really good point. The chemistry between Anton Yelchin and um, Addison Timlin yeah. is out of control. I just like forgot that they were actors. And yeah. when they're crying and kissing and kissing and crying and hugging and kissing and crying, I was just like, look at these two. Look at these teens. And, look at these and, post-college teens. And it just, it is so sad because Anton Yelchin is an absolute, the most like charismatic protagonist imaginable like he's got everything down pat he's got the comedy of brendan fraser he's got the like the the teary-eyed um uh empathy of i mean who are we i guess who who am i comparing that to rachel vice he's sort of a combo of brendan fraser and rachel vice yeah there's so much there's so much gravitas to him in addition to being like a fun like tongue-in-cheek um kind of rascal yeah, he really, he's such a character actor who's also a leading man. And it is that vulnerable, like when people talk about um, actors who are comfortable on screen, like you just never feel like he's pushing ever. Right, right. Everything he does is completely natural. Um, and I think that those performers sometimes are overlooked because you never think, wow, look at that actor who's like mm-hmm. acting all over the place. But he He's just he has that more than almost any other performer. Yeah. And and so like the the gist the the, the gist of the plot is that we um, keep trying and getting yeah, derailed I'm by so things sorry. we love about it. And and that's a good sign. That's why you it should is. look this up. Um but he is walking home, Odd Thomas, from uh, solving a recent crime, and he is he is assaulted by several faceless pre-ghosts. So like these are not people who – these are not ghosts of people who died. These are ghosts of people who are going to die. So they can talk, but they have no faces, and they're all crowding Odd Thomas, shouting, save us, save us, save us. And then a spectral gun shoots all the people, including Odd Thomas. Yes. And he's like, oh, there's about to be a huge crime that's about to happen. And you're so right. They are pre-ghosts that they can talk because their mouths – it's very mummy-ish mm. effect – it's very spooky. The mouths, like the skin is kind of starting to seal over their mouths. And as they're yelling for help, they're like continually unsealing and ripping the skin open to yell. It's very scary. It's it's a real nightmare. And they're all wearing bowling outfits. So he knows. (laughs) (laughs) Something that works better in a book than a movie. I'll say that. (laughs) So he knows that this is the, that these are either. He initially thinks like, oh, this is a shooting that's going to happen at the local bowling alley. Yes. Um, and like kind of the, the, the long and short of it is he keeps seeing these Bodaks surround uh, Schuler Hensley's character. Um, and he's like, oh, that's going to be the guy who commits the murder. Then that guy shows up dead in his bathtub. Which, I mean, look, it's happened to some people. These things happen. Also, he becomes a ghost, Schuler Hensley. Yes. There's a lot. There's a lot of tracking with that character. Yes. And I mean, I was kind of surprised that this movie is PG-13 because there's a lot of like um, uh, Anton Yelchin reaching into corpses and a lot of like showing bugs all over corpses. Schuller Helmsley is covered in yellow mouth goo and they put a goddamn Hollywood cockroach in his mouth. Like a true live cockroach crawls out of his real human mouth. Yes. 
There's no faking of this. I could not believe. I felt very um, protective of Schuler in, in that moment where I was like, ah, can we get a prop? Can we get some, like either a prop mouth or I'm just worried for him. I don't want, I don't want him to have bugs in his mouth. I have to say he's such a generous um, performer and he really gives. I don't like that he said yes to that. The other thing, Anna, about Willem Dafoe is that his kind of arc in this movie is that he's constantly trying to have sex with his wife. This is one of my favorite things to see is every time he gets a phone call, he is just railing this woman against a refrigerator and cannot catch a break. Multiple locations. At one point he puts a pillow over her face, which then I was like, I don't like that. And, but she, she kind of fights back and it's, it's clear that they have a fun relationship because for a second I was like, "Mm, this choice feels charged. Yeah, it's a lot, but, um, Pretty much age appropriate. He's still definitely older than she is, but it was yeah. like, that's kind of nice. Um, and I, I, I like a sexy Willem Dafoe. I like that. Um, I like that he was shirtless in a movie. I think that's fun. Yeah. Also he like watch Spider-Man from 2002 and this movie, he didn't age in 11 years. Like he looks exactly the same more than a decade apart. I think and the rules are opposite for men with aging than women where like, if you're a thin woman and you get older, you're more likely to age. Yeah. But men just sort of like, there's nothing there. So they just stay the same. I've also heard that people who have prominent jaw and cheekbones, oh, while, while it looks yeah. severe for their whole life, they are kind of always in the realm of like 45, you know? Yes. Yeah, that's true. Um, um, and boy, he is all cheekbone and jawbone and we applaud him for it. Yes. Um, and he's in the movie, you know, he's there. Yeah. He's got a lot of lines. It seemed like he um, had laryngitis for a very long scene where he was yelling. I thought this at a too. Lot of people. Okay, yeah. 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 It also, this, this shot in Albuquerque um, and I'm sure it was very dry and right. they were outside Boy, for a while. New Mexico. What a way to shoot a film. And this is in 2013, which is when um, Breaking Bad was filming. So they, or in 2011, they were shooting it. Mm. Oh, but it was delayed. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was delayed. They did some other reshoots and um, they're on location for a lot of it. I can't um, believe this. Anna, are you reading in that the early casting announcements included 50 Cent and <laughs> Lily so Collins confused. and Tim Robbins? Yes. I'm like, who were you? I don't know. And the 50 Cent character, I don't think was in the movie. No, Seamus Cocobolo? Come I on. I think we'd remember that. I think I'd remember it. Um, I will also, so Anna, who are the monsters in this film? The monsters are for sure the Bodaks. Um, yes. Very slippery. A little bit like the, who's Robert Patrick in Terminator 2? Uh, the T-9000. T-9, yeah, not T, yeah. yeah, not Arnold Schwarzenegger, but the other guy. Right. Um, a little bit that look, like when he's turning into metal. Yes. A little Alex Mackey, but very sharp and buggy. Yeah, slippery um, soupy. Yeah, the monster's also Fungus Bob Robertson, they call Schuler Helmsley's character. Right. He becomes a poltergeist. Very scary. He pulte. And then, oh, but another thing the Bodaks do is that they stick their little ghost tendrils into people's faces and make them do ghosty shit. Bad so they're things. basically possessing people. I know. That that one I, I didn't quite gauge until I saw it happen like three times. At first I was like, why are they kissing and why does that make people get into car accidents? You know? Yeah. And – yeah, that was a little confusing. I also, I kind of appreciated that the movie didn't try to um, 
mythologize them. It didn't try yes. to be like, sometimes bad influences get into our minds and make us do things that are out of care. It was just like, no, there's a demon and it it got in a guy's face and he crashed the car. It's also funny because apparently I'm looking it up. Bodaks are Celtic like ghouls. <gasps> Hey, so we love I, that. I respect. I respect that he goes with the name, but it's not like they come from the Emerald Isle. Like yeah. we're just Bodaks are everywhere, but they're inspired by this uh, mythology. Exactly, and they move like sandworms and tremors, like kind of oh, burrow. That's right. They, they were burrowing do. over a tile floor, under a tile floor, which I thought was very really scary. cool. Um, and another thing that one of them did that was very Stephen Summers is that it licked his girlfriend's face, oh. which she couldn't see because she can't see any of this. Yeah. But like you see that the mummy, he's gross and kissing on a girl. Yeah, you got the Van Helsing, the monster kissing on a girl. Um, definitely elements of that. Excuse me, elements of that in Deep Rising. Right. When a gross monster licking on a girl's neck, people are gonna scream. Yeah, we don't like seeing that, but we like seeing that. I don't know why. <laughs> you know. I know. It, I'm sure it has to do with roller coasters and war. And then the human monsters we come to realize are a satanic cult, but a very small one, comprised of two cops, mm-hmm. one dog owner, and um, Schuler Hemsley. I could not make heads, heads or tails of this dog owner character. Yes, that was that to me was a loose thread a bit. Really loose, um, and like. Yeah, we didn't we didn't get a ton of time with this cult, um, and like also I guess there's two big Rottweilers. They're they're pretty monstery. Yeah, they're kind they of monsters. They a lady, right? Um, they do. And, but what's uh, what, what I did you gather? What's the cult trying to do? I remember they say like the cult leader killed his mom, and then they want to kill again. So oh god, I yeah. So there's a part where Anton Yelchin is in this guy's house, and he's going through a file drawer that has like. Uh, the Night Stalker and Charles oh, Manson. Right. And then there's yes. a fold, file folder that says Bob Robertson, who's his name. And he opens right. it and it just has a page a day desk calendar page for August 15th, which is coming up. Yep. Um, but it's like two days away and it's like, oh, well, he's going to go and be a mass shooter. Another a big thing that we haven't talked about is how uncomfortable it is that it has themes of mass shootings. Yeah. And it came out in 2014. I'm sure part of why it was delayed was um, the like Dark Knight shootings. And um, yeah, so the book was written in 2003. So Columbine had just happened. Um, But I don't think it was yet understood that that was going to be the new thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like a mass shooting was, and like, so it was in this uncomfortable zone where it felt really fresh. But also not not established enough that it was understood to be a trope. Like enough right. of it had happened that it felt weird to see, considering yeah. the time period. Um, so that's a really good point, Anna. It it also is like the 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 degree to which this is a gun heavy film and a bomb yeah. heavy film, and that it's happening in a mall where everyone is happy, and that so many people are being killed. Um, uh, Odd Thomas does manage to save most of the people, except for his girlfriend. Spoiler, yeah. Who do get killed. Yeah, so this movie, it was Dark Knight Rises that was the Aurora shooting? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah, like, um, uh, yeah, so this movie was still in production. Oh. And it premiered in the Philippines and then Finland, where it performed really poorly, um, because it was just not promoted at all. 
Right. I can it, see that. Yeah. It finished the week at number 14 in Finland, which I don't understand. How oh, that's no. Possible. They've got um, two movie theaters. I'm yeah, just kidding. Finland, everybody calm down. Everyone calm down. They're like, we're calm. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there were also a couple lawsuits with this movie for not promoting it enough. Oh, interesting. Different production companies. So that's part of why it was delayed. But um, I'm sure that part of the reason, and it performed extremely poorly in the United States. I know. Like, I never heard of it. I didn't hear. Shocking. I, I didn't see a poster for it. Not at all. Um, not at all. The only reason I knew about it is because it's the most recent thing on Stephen Summers' IMDb page, which is something I look at constantly to see if there's something else. But I was really feeling for the characters, which is an accomplishment in a horror comedy. Yes, it was so emotional and also really funny. I just, I felt very comfortable watching these characters. Yes. Um, it really, I would love if this were a a Netflix series, but I um, I can't picture anybody else playing I know. that part. Antonio and uh, apparently um, he was uh, Stephen Summers' one and only choice for this part. Yeah, I can see why. And this is, it is part of the genius of Stephen Summers is to identify who an audience is really going to latch onto. And I think like the misfire of Van Helsing is largely due to banking on the, honestly, the chemistry between uh, Hugh Jackman and Richard Roxborough. <laughs> um, yes, you're uh, so right. Which I do think is more viable than the chemistry between uh, Hugh and um, Kate Beckinsale. But yes, I, I think this I movie- also, I think that their chemistry was blunted because of how tight her corset was. I'll say that till the day That's I die. Very no one point. will know what I was talking about. Yeah. And, and the, the, uh, brittleness of her curls, I think that also had an effect. Yes. Yeah. It's all You need loose hair. Um, Anna, I'm, I am bummed to ask because I know the answer. Do you know what Ebert said? So Ebert um, had passed away by this point. Oh my God! But well. Ebert Ebert still reviewed. I know this was the first um, Ebert review. What Ebert say um, after his passing? Oh, let me see. Is that true? Well, somebody else reviewed it for them. Yeah. So yeah, it came out in 2014. So he was gone. Brian Tallarico. Brian Tallarico is a great. Um, he he does a lot of reviews. He gave it a star and a half. Wow. Um. And he writes, after reading Dean Coots's on, I said it again. That's fine. After reading Dean Cooter's Odd Thomas on a Vegas vacation, <laughs> I thought to myself that it would someday make a fun film, perhaps even a franchise, as it had been in book form. Stephen Summers has proven me wrong. Aww. Oh. Mean. Okay, I disagree with a lot of this. Yeah. Review. Um, he says, uh, Odd has a girlfriend named Story Llewellyn. Yes, seriously. But Summers' adaptation of Kuntz's book is so reliant on the twisting supernatural narrative that we learn nothing and care not a bit about the odd stormy dynamic no. that was such a bedrock of the source. Odd and Stormy are destined to be together forever. Surely a tough task for a casting agent. But Andrew, get this. One that's completely bobbled here as Yelchin and Timlin have zero chemistry. I'm going to throw a paperweight down a laundry chute. Sir? That is outrageous brian i'm i want you to retract that retract it brian retract it brian retract it (laughs) oh my god everybody that's the new tiktok phrase get on board get on board it's very specific Uh, oh man (laughs) i guess it's hard when the film reviewer is someone who loved the book yeah (laughs) people who love the book never like the movie and what bad Um, luck to have just found an adult man who read this book uh, it and seems, in, yeah. seems impossible. 
I do think it's time to jump to our favorite segment, which I'm going to send you my list. Oh, I've got um, a list too. We can do back okay, and forth. Good. We'll go back yeah. and forth. I'm worried I have too many again. But guys, <laughs> we're going to talk about what's gay about Odd Thomas. A shocking amount. There is actually a lot that's gay. As I said before, it's a a weird mix of nothing and everything that's yes. gay about this, which is very typical for a Stephen Summers movie. It's just like this heightened performance of heterosexuality mixed yeah. with the supernatural that makes it simultaneously not gay at all and everything is gay. Yeah, if you put one queer thing in the laundry, it's all coming out queer, baby. It's all coming out a little queer. Okay. okay. You want to start? Uh, yes. Um, watching your gorgeous mom behave recklessly with a knife. Yes. Uh, a long story to explain your weird name. Yes. Um, the first thing you tell people is how crazy your mom was. Mm-hmm. And a woman being carted off to an asylum in a straitjacket and a black mini dress. That's gay. Anna, we have to talk about that. Th- this flashback in which he's like, I got this gift from my mom. And then it is it is truly like a Kristen Davis from Sex and the City lookalike with a knife being like, ah, being carted yeah. off in a straitjacket. <laughs> Sometimes women are insane. <laughs> The most the most real housewives looking person being oh, put yeah. in a straitjacket is very gay. It also I, I actually really love and respect that. I think a lot of the times um qualities that are celebrated in men are pathologized in women. Take my very class. Yes. Fine. Welcome to Barnard. Um Welcome. Okay, I have another one, Anna. Okay. Um walking on water at a pool party, but nobody notices. <laughs> yes. Um, having a cardboard cut out of Elvis in your home. <laughs> Dissolving into flower petals at a pool party, but nobody notices. <laughs> yes. Um, loudly shit talking somebody at a pool party. <laughs> the line, son, you so complicate my life. <laughs> Squirting pink milk into a glass from a distance. <laughs> the line, he ran and naturally I gave chase. Willem Dafoe being glib at a diner. <laughs> Um, telling a twink to save you while you carry him to his bed. <laughs> Gugu Mbatha Ra having a prophetic dream. <laughs> um, using peach shampoo. A dead little league coach picking his nose with a severed arm as a joke for your benefit at the mall. That's gay. <laughs> that is gay. Oh, we, um, we were supposed to be saying that's gay after it. Uh, telling a straight girl named Stormy that you'd die for her. That's gay. That's gay. That is gay. Being in a super healthy, respectful relationship with a partner you admire as an equal. That's that gay. That is gay. Yeah. <laughs> it's very um, queer. Very queer. Being incredibly good at chopping vegetables. That's gay. <laughs> it's, it's very gay. Bringing your psychic boyfriend an ice cream cone and wedge heels is gay. <laughs> um, intercepting a kiss meant for Willem Dafoe is gay. <laughs> <laughs> Deeply gay. Um, a relationship where both parties work in food service. <laughs> That's Every gay relationship. Um, the line, they want violence, carnage, and terror, and they want to watch. That's gay. <laughs> That's gay. Riding a Vespa chasing a doomed man into the desert. That's gay. <laughs> like, oh, um, that guy has the most demons on him I've ever seen. I better go to the desert with him. Oh, my God, you're right. Um, dying suddenly after loudly singing such a beautiful girl. <laughs> um, a toilet in the living room. That's straight. That is very straight. Yes. In the murder house, there's a toilet in the living room. Um, the line, I hope you didn't come here to dick up my evening. <laughs> Jesus. Who says that? Uh, Willem Dafoe. God. Wow. Um, oh, this, this one is late. This is from earlier, but being kissed on the forehead by a ghost in a sundress. 
Oh yeah, that is gay. Yeah, that's that's going to a drag show. That's going to yep. that's going to drag bingo. Um, the line. Oh, Anna, this line. I see you left your hormone spigot running, griddle boy. Crank it oh. shut. This is church. <laughs> Unbelievable. That- yeah, I had. Calling your boyfriend griddle boy is very gay. I can't believe the term hormone spigot. That is the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. It just paints the picture of a penis where the hole in the end of it is the size and width of the entire shaft. Yes, and and an unreliable drip. I mean, that is... Ugh. Oh, God. Um, um, uh, 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 hoarding exotic birds is gay. Oh. Fisting, fisting a cursed hole in the wall is gay. Mm-hmm. Gay. Um, Scooping blue ice cream while you're on a Bluetooth headset phone call is straight. Yes. Um, eating ice cream on a bench in a mall with your boyfriend is also straight. Yes. Criticizing Willem Dafoe's barbecue skills is straight. <laughs> Arriving at a bowling alley and saying, why did I drive here, is gay. Your partner having an old English birth name but going by a Kardashian child's name is gay. <laughs> um, being terrified by new work uniforms is gay. <laughs> Um, having a picnic in a belfry is gay. Uh, the line, I think Bob Green might want to do more than hook some balls is gay. <laughs> Shooting a movie in Albuquerque is gay. <laughs> um, having a charged, steamy reaction with a hot cop who has the word pod tattooed on his forearm <laughs> is straight and it is gay. It's but straight and gay. Yeah. Okay, this one is specifically gay Republican. Believing in ghosts but still being friends with cops is gay. <laughs> that is that is log cabin gay for sure. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, finding a dead body in your tub and being fine with it till it barfs on you is gay. <laughs> I know. I was like, there is a party monster connection here. But I'm yes, not make this it. is party monster. Oh wow, this movie could be called Party Monster. Yes, uh, wow. Monster Party also would be good. Very good. Um. Seeking refuge in a sacristy is gay. Mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe taking a work call during sex with an age-appropriate woman is gay. Very Willem queer, Dafoe yeah. wearing dog tags during sex with an age-appropriate woman is straight. Yes, and the dog tags are huge. Massive. Um, uh, The line, don't look back, be strong for him as you drive away from your boyfriend on a Vespa is gay. <laughs> Patton Oswalt wearing a military-style beret is something. I, I don't love, know if it's that gay. That is something. That is definitely sure something, something to think about. Um, watching your friend kiss a ghost who then disappears into butterflies is gay. <laughs> That's good. Um, a female extra in her forties staring directly at the camera is definitely queer. There was um, a woman in one scene in the mall was wearing glasses. She's blonde and she is looking, she's burning the lens completely. Yes. It's really it, nice. It, that was, I honestly, I fell asleep for a moment watching the movie and I woke up again and I thought I had missed the introduction of a character because the woman was looking with such intent <laughs> at the camera that I was like, there is no way this person can't be, uh, you know, uh, at least a day player. She's the queen of Albuquerque, but it's a non-speaking <laughs> part. Um, starting a satanic cult with your three closest male friends, but then wondering <laughs> if this is just a plot to kill one of their moms. Who's <laughs> gay? Oh my God. Having a nightmare about a bowling alley is gay. That is very gay. Okay. And I have one more, um, and this is a straight one. Okay. Walking to Las Vegas is straight. That is straight. Wearing like a, a Vibram five finger. Yeah. That's the straight, that's the straightest way you could go to Vegas to walk there. Oh my God. You're right. We have one rung below that 
is like those uh, is a helicopter. But right, right, that is true. Oh God, I think helicopter. I have like I think I have like ten left. Great, They're, none of them are good, but I'll do all of them. Okay, having it. Uh, okay, imploring Gugu Mbatha Rod to visit her grandmother is gay. Crying on a Vespa <laughs> because of ghosts is gay. Running barefoot in a strapless top is gay. Loading a gun in a t-shirt and lacy underwear is straight and gay. Yes. Your last words being, we are going to have words, is gay. Oh. Asking Schuler Hensley if he's comfortable putting a movie cockroach in his mouth is gay. <laughs> demons demons descending upon the zoomies is straight. <laughs> and yelling, I got a grinder at a mall parking lot is gay. That, Anna, how did I miss that one? That's amazing. There you go. Wow, That's there's the a lot gay one. about this movie, everybody. This is a gay movie and you should watch it. Um... Anna, I just can't say how much joy revisiting Stephen Summers' films has been for me. He's given, people use this phrase a lot, he has given us so much. Yes, and he has. And he I, has. I, I know we've gone, th- we've, we've laughed a lot, we've, we've um, ragged on him a lot, but this is, a, this is a person who is good at what he does. And um, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, uh, have him just be remembered as making like box office bombs because he made the mummy for us, everybody. And that the impact of that is immeasurable. He gave us so much the impact that that has. And to be able, like, I think there are very few movies that our generation has that are beloved for being so cheesy, you know? Yes. Um, and, and and like I think Van Helsing is one of those films, and I think that so many of his films are ones that you might laugh at, you might say like, "Oh, this is goofy," but you will have a good time watching a Stephen Summers movie. I definitely think about it every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. So Stephen, if you're out there, we hope you're well. Um, and uh, and yeah, we're big fans. Thank you for the laughs. Thank you for the gay. Um, thank you for the mummies. Thank you for all of those things. Um, and Andrew, thank you so much for doing this with me. It was such a dream come true. Anna, I will do this every damn year. This is a I, real joy. I am ready for it. <laughs> Assuming we get more years, I'd certainly spend them doing this. I know. That's very fair. Podcast or no, we will always be watching Stephen Summers movies. And we hope you are too. And um, and yeah, gentle listeners, if you have other like um, franchises or ideas for future maybe movie series, if this was something you all were into, let us know and we'll, we'll think about it. Right in. Right Drop in. a line. Chicken come in. Chicken come in. Scarystorypod at gmail.com. Get in touch. You can send us your scary stories. We'll read them on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at scarystory underscore pod. And one more thing you could do. Get, Get out. out. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm. Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.